How many running backs can the Buccaneers possibly sign? What AFC North receiver represents a great buy in Dynasty and Redraft Leagues right now? And which NFC East tight end is primed to break out in 2021? Plus, 2025 time FFPC High Stakes Dynasty champion Craig Higgins joins us for a discussion on the 2021 rookie class, Patriots tight ends, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hours start. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesson. Make our the Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs tuning into the show this evening. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and it is presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is counting down the days until the NFL draft, just a few, well, really less than two weeks away, essentially, at this point. And he is also the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. He is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, I know, uh, like I said, you've been counting down the days. It, it cannot get here soon enough. We want to see these rookies in new uniforms. We cannot wait to see how all these teams deploy their strategy in the NFL draft. It's going to be a lot of fun on Thursday the 29th. I'm looking forward to this, Bucky. We talked about it previously last week, and it builds and builds. You know, we finally got, in through the media, the first kickback of uh, – of the pressure, you know, you and I have talked about uh, movies. Remember in Jerry Maguire, even Cush got tired. Was that his name? Jerry yeah, Maguire's Jer- quarterback foil. Yeah, he got he got tired of seeing Cush. It's, it's, it's what everybody's doing here. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence has made a, made a confusing statement that, uh, the, you know, that uh, that people have tried to explain away. And it, it's, it's just too much. So let's have it and get it done and get to work. Yes, please. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he said, hell, he'll surf or ski. He doesn't care. Um, and uh, Bob Sugar, yeah. his agent, certainly a second to that, no question. <laughs> Sugar. Uh, we're, we're excited. Yeah, Bob Sugar. Good old Bob, Bobby Sugar. Um, we, uh, we are excited uh, for the NFL Draft. We're excited to talk fantasy football with you tonight. we got a great guest coming up. As a reminder, Dynasty Startups are going on right now at MyFFPC.com. These are the final pre-NFL Draft signups. I saw the FFPC e-newsletter today. Thursday is the last day before the dynasty startups are cut off until the after uh, until essentially after the NFL draft. So make sure you're signing up for those there. And of course, $500,000 first place grand prize to the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship grand prize winner. $100,000 to runner up. The early bird is live right now. Those drafts 
start in 15 days. Remember, the day the NFL draft ends, the next day, we have football guys drafts going. So make sure you check that out. Best ball drafts are open, including the $5 Cinco Day best ball options at myffpc.com. And the early bird for the main event is live. You can save $100 on your team, on your first team before May 31st. $400 off each additional team. That is all at myffpc.com. But don't forget, kffsc.com, the run to daylight competition is ongoing. We've already had some drafts go off there. Um, uh, Beg your pardon, two uh, teams left in the Sunday night man of war division. That goes off at eight o'clock Eastern time. So if you want to be a part of that, try to win five grand uh, at a $200 entry fee. Make sure you are signing up for that. And of course, the draft masters, like I've been participating in, available at kffsc.com. I'm sure we'll get into some of that discussion tonight as uh, I've made a few uh, picks that uh, I'd love to pick the brain of not only Farrell, but our guest tonight as well, Craig Higgins, coming up in about 10 minutes here on the show. Um, We are going to talk about the new backfield tandem in Arizona, whether we're concerned about a pair of Crimson Tide rookie situations. And then, as I said, Craig Higgins is going to tell us um, how he's been able to take down five FFPC high-stakes dynasty leagues, his thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott, his take on A.J. Brown from a dynasty perspective, and much, much more. Shout-out to the chat room tonight. We had an all-star lineup in there. Hudson Kern-Reeve, Rob Vera, Dave yeah. the Dizzle, Gerzak, all in there amongst others right now. We'll, uh, we're going to uh, get all to all your questions you guys might have in, in there tonight, um, as well as uh, all the tweets that you send to at HSFFR, to at Eric Balkman, at... Uh, Jay Farrell Elliott, and don't forget about KFFSC.com, as I mentioned, Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. I love participating in that, and every year I invite you to do the same. Facebook is facebook.com slash HSFFR, and if you want to give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682 is the number. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Football at gmail.com is where to reach us. Um, send those questions there. We'll try to get to all the questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up in the last segment of the show. Our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer, mutual friend Rob, working hard tonight as we get into Fantasy Flash. I want to thank Football Guys, Draft Sharks, NBC Sports, Ed, and Rob for tonight's Fantasy Flash. Josh Weinfuss on Twitter tweeted it out earlier this week that the Arizona Cardinals have once again, this isn't even news at this point when the Cardinals signed a free agent because they've been doing it like a bodily function pretty much the last three months. They signed James Conner, who used to be a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a one-year, $1.75 million contract. Of that $1.75 million, $1.25 million is guaranteed. Now, it was a bad 2020 season for James Conner, but his old running backs coach, James Saxon, is indeed working with the Arizona Cardinals right now you got to believe that he is probably going to be um, taking a lot of first and second down work away from Chase Edmonds. Remember, Kenyon Drake is now with the Las Vegas Raiders. Edmonds is probably going to still be the pass-catching back, you would think, for the Arizona Cardinals, but James Conner probably going to be the goal-line guy there. He is 25 years old. He missed nine games over the course of the last two seasons. Farrell, as I look to Fantasy Mojo's website right now, that's Darren Armani, who does a great job compiling all of the uh, ADP data for uh, for best ball leagues, for dynasty leagues, for football guys, main event, everything that he does right there. Over the last um, five days right now in best ball leagues in the FFPC, James Conner is currently going as running back 41 at the 11.05. He has gone as high as the 9.07. Conner obviously would be able to step in and be a three-down running back if Chase Evans were to go down. How are you treating him in best balls right now? Does the 11th round seem right to you? Does it seem too low? Does it seem too high? What are your thoughts on James Conner 
for 2021. I wish and I pulled the trigger before the signing because he was going naturally even deeper. He's a player, mm-hmm. bulky, that, that I think everyone routinely undervalues. You know, you look, you mentioned his 2020 campaign, he, but he's still a very young back. In 2018, he rushed for 973 yards, 55 balls that he caught. He's never averaged less than four yards a carry, 4.5 back in 2018. He's a consistently good performer. He's not flashy, but, you know, there have been running backs before in this league been very, very successful, not flashy. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm in a couple drafts now, and as soon as uh, we push into – uh, those double-digit rounds, I think I'm going to be targeting James Conner. I've never had him much, but, you know, he's a guy that's overcome a lot of uh, disadvantages to play to play football. His heart's in it, and a new place. I watched his press conference, his introduction to the media there in Arizona. I think he's going to blossom in this uh, new environment. You know, I'm kind of with you on that, with, you know, considering with the investment. It's all about the investment, right? What, what do you have to give up to get this player? And currently running back 41, I mean, okay, as the math speaks here, that would mean he is your number four running back. I think you can do a lot worse than James Conner is your number four running back right now. Currently going after Tony Pollard, David Johnson, Zach Moss. Currently going right before Naheem Hines. Gus Edwards, and the rookie Michael Carter. So I, I think that there's a lot to like with James Conner as far as his value goes right now, Farrell. And I'm with you. I think I'd be on him at that point. As long as we're talking about running backs here, let's talk about uh, a team that seemingly cannot get enough of them, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Greg Allman reported earlier this week from The Athletic that the Buccaneers have indeed signed running back Giovanni Bernard. Um, and according to Allman, it was because the team's running backs previously – had a problem with the dropsies in pat in the passing game. No backfield had a higher drop rate, which was just under 15% than Tampa last year. The at league's average drop rate was 6.6%. So this is pretty significant. Leonard Fournette, 47 targets, seven drops. Ronald Jones, 42 targets, five drops. Keyshawn Vaughn, the mm. much ballyhooed rookie, he had 10 targets, but he dropped three of them. And this was a problem because Tom Brady loves the check down. We saw what he did with James White in New England. The Buccaneers certainly wanted to make sure that this was not going to be was going to be not only not a weakness, but maybe a strength uh, this season as well. So Jones and Fournette probably still going to factor heavily into the Buccaneers' backfield, you would think, this year. But Giovanni Bernard is not a letdown in pass protection. And uh, certainly uh, when Pro Football Focus gave Giovanni Bernard – it's seventh highest pass blocking grade out of 70 graded backs last season. Uh, Ronald Jones, by the way, 44th in that metric. Leonard Fournette, 65th. Um, there's certainly a lot to like about Giovanni Bernard. But, Farrell, my contention here with Bernard is because there is a lot to like about Bernard, there's a lot less to like about Ronald Jones, there's a lot less to like about Leonard Fournette. I think this is a mess right now, and I'm kind of staying away in best ball drafts for, this, uh, for these Buccaneers running backs. You know, Bucky, you can't be with the Cincinnati Bengals and not be a, pro- a positive person and a positive player for eight years. This this kid is the the, the basic definition of professionalism. It couldn't be a better addition to any team, especially this team. Um, and you question these other guys with their hands. You know, despite his his receiving skills. Uh, he had one fumble in the last 829 carries before that week 14 uh, game in, against Dallas, I think it was. Um, 
He played behind a completely terrible offensive line in Cincinnati. And he sort of held together, you know, we're right down the road from Cincinnati, so we get a great deal of that press here in Louisville. He sort of held together the presentation of this team um, when they had a lot of knuckleheads on this team. <laughs> I think the Bengals will really regret letting him get away. I think uh, the best ball drafters should target him and, and the classic uh, leagues and our upcoming football guys drafts. You could do a lot worse with a 18th, 19th, 20th rounder than Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, you, you, it's, it's a, you know, oftentimes as fantasy drafters, we draft the unknown, we draft the, the shiny new toy, we draft the guy whose ceiling we don't know. But Giovanni Bernard, we kind of do know his ceiling, and it's been pretty good. Running back 65, 22nd round of, of best ball drafts over the last five days, not going any higher than the 15-01. Yeah, take a stab, see what happens. It's the defending Super Bowl champs. I understand that. But Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, they're both free agents after this season, as is Bernard. Um, and from a best ball perspective, it's, uh, it's worth getting a piece of that backfield. And why not get the cheapest part, as is Giovanni Bernard right now? Keeping it on the running back tip. Atlanta has been in the news this week. They waived Ido Smith. Um, one year remaining on Ido Smith's rookie contract. That was too much for Atlanta's stomach, apparently, which is really weird because, you know, Todd Gurley's a free agent. They don't have him anymore. They did go out and sign Mike Davis, who, as it stands right now, is the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons. This was going to be his age 26 year in the NFL for Ido Smith, but he, he hasn't really lit the world on fire, both as a runner and as a receiver. 5.7 yards per catch. Uh, Ido Smith probably going to catch on somewhere else, but I don't think there's any fantasy knowledge here, Farrell, the, the, or fantasy benefit to, to drafting Ido Smith. The reason I bring this up is because Atlanta went out and signed uh, Mike Davis, and they don't have a whole lot in the, in the backfield. You've got to believe that Atlanta is going to be going running back probably somewhere on day two, and that could be a very, whoever that player is, could be a very, very high pick in rookie drafts right now. Are you seeing this situation the same way as I am? Of course, Falky. You know, and Edo Smith, I was surprised when the Falcons drafted him that highly. I, I really was. I was very familiar with the player, uh, running back out of Southern Miss. Uh, Romarius Smith is his is his real name, and ah. with a name that, that with a name that rolls off the tongue like that, I, I would his next place they should demand that he be called Romarius. And Edo just doesn't work for me. But nevertheless. Uh, he turned in great college performances against the likes of Louisiana Monroe, Marshall, Texas Southern. Uh, but, you know, he came here to Kentucky. I was at that game live, and, and he failed against the SEC his senior year. He did poorly against Tennessee. Those were, their, those were the Southern Miss two big games, and he was basically invisible those games. So then he goes to the NFL. I was surprised the Falcons picked him. And when I was facilitating drafts in Kentucky that year, you know, and a, and a drafter uh, announced Edo Smith. I was surprised there. I was surprised to see him picked up on the waiver wires. Uh, and I am not surprised to see Atlanta uh, change direction with their new group uh, on the offensive side of the ball because he's not a fit there. And I hope he gets another chance, and I hope he gets to prove me wrong. I, I root for every player that uh, – 
that gets into the league that, that gets an opportunity. But it seems like he's had some wonderful opportunities, and they, yeah, they, he's come away a little flat. Yeah, you know, he has, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm rooting for him for sure, and we'll see what happens as far as where he catches on going forward. But this is a golden opportunity for maybe Najee Harris, maybe Travis Etienne, maybe somebody else in this running back class to really grab a hold of a huge opportunity for fantasy purposes in that uh, Falcons uh, backfield to be a difference maker just right away as soon as 2021. Um, as long as I brought Nanjay Harris up, and I know we got Craig Higgins coming up here in just one minute, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get to him, I do want to talk about uh, Ian Rappaport's report about uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. Now, according to Rappaport, there are, quote, no concern about Harris's injured ankle, and he also said there's no concerns or no long-term issues, I, I beg your pardon, with Devontae Smith's um, dislocated finger in which he tore ligaments. Now, Harris's ankle is not expected to affect where he gets selected in the 2021 draft. Mm-hmm. Harris, if you remember, 2,670 yards along with 50 touchdowns in his last two years at Alabama. He did not play in the Senior Bowl in January when he was recovering from this ankle injury that he uh, actually injured when the Crimson Tide beat the Buckeyes in the national championship game. Um, you would like to think that if there is a running back going in the first round this year, Farrell, it's probably going to be Najee Harris. Um, Devontae Smith certainly going to be a high first-round draft choice as well. How do you view these players in regards to their injuries? Is that affecting the way that, that you're drafting them in dynasty leagues at this point right now? Um, or, or is it kind of a non-issue for you and much, much ado about nothing as far as Harris and Smith go? Well, you know, we trust Ian on this show, so we're we're gonna listen. We're gonna to listen to the rap report report because he's he's right on top of everything. But yeah, I, I'm gonna draft this player every time I get a chance. I love what this player brings: the field, balance, body control, vision. Uh, he's got a powerful core, field awareness. Uh, awareness. Uh, you know, when I look at uh, this first round, yes, I think he goes in the first round. How? Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, everybody thinks this player mm. may be on his way to a Hall of Fame. How do the Pittsburgh Steelers pass on this player? How do the Buffalo Bills, who I think are still looking for a lot of help at that position, how do they pass on him? And we just talked about what the contractual situation is for the running backs in Tampa. They're at the 32nd spot. They've re-signed everybody they need to re-sign. How do they pass on him? But, you know, if you and I have been watching uh, – uh, the tide play at one of your favorite watering holes there in Appleton, Balky, and I, and you were talking about Najee Harris, and I say, yeah, he's great and everything, but there were five teammates of his that are going to be drafted in front of him. You would have told me I was crazy, but that's exactly what I'm telling you now, and it just shows how the running back position is devalued, but you cannot devalue what this player brings to the field. You won't. You, you'll be very, very happy. Whatever format you're playing in the NFFPC, you're going to be very, very happy if he's on your roster. Yeah, and, and Harris, we should bring up, too, um, it just turned 23 years old, so he will, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's not exactly the youngest guy in the world. However, when you consider it like the other big running back that has been um, nominated as a potential first-round pick, uh, Travis Etienne, he actually just turned 22, so not exactly the youngest um, of, of running backs either, although 23, man. I think Najee Harris is like two months older. It's, it's something insane. We, we talked about it. I can't remember if it was this show or the road of his high-stakes lowdown. We talked about um, how Najee Harris is like two months older than Cam Akers. 
which is insane to right. think about when you consider where Akers is being drafted and, and where Harris is going to go. But age, as they say, ain't nothing but a number. And a plenty of numbers that I want to get to right now, well, the first number is five, because that is exactly mm-hmm. how many high-stakes fantasy football dynasty leagues our guest has won over the course of his career right now. He's actually been playing in a high-stakes friends league for 35 years, and he's won it eight times in those 35 years. He's been doing Football Guys Players Championship drafts for the last seven years, and he's won four league titles there. As I said, five dynasty titles in the last five years. Now, in 2020, he had eight dynasty squads within the FFPC. Seven of them made the playoffs. Two of them brought home the gold, and we want to talk to him and bring him on the show right now tonight. Please welcome Mr. Craig Higgins. Craig, thank you so much for spending this Friday with us, man. How's it going? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Excited to have you on. So one of the things, first, the first thing I want to bring up um, right off the bat is, so um, the image that you sent over that we are using on, the, um, uh, on our show uh, website, our show podcast, um, and all the social media, is you holding up a Chad Ochocinco jersey. Is there a, um, is there a story behind that? Are you a big Ochocinco <laughs> fan? How, how, wh- where does well, he play in your fantasy football lore? See, I should have turned it around because it's, it's actually a T. Higgins jersey now. Oh, and, you know uh, you know, <laughs> 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 Higgins being my last name, um, you know, that's, it was either him or Rashad, so. Craig, I figured that one out before Balky did, and I'm really loving the fact that I'm sitting there oh, with a bit of a glove. on this show. There's never been no, a question No, I know. It. <laughs> I, I, I missed that the first time I looked at it, but as soon as as soon as he said that tonight, I figured it out. You know, it, it just goes to show you, Balky, that the, the Bengals have a future, and it's with Higgins. That, that's all I'm talking that, about. That's okay, it. well, Farrell, listen, I know you want to talk about Higgins. We do have an email um, coming in from a, from a listener coming up later, and we'll talk about T. Higgins plenty then. So I want okay. to save that conversation. Right now, the Dizzle wants to know in the chat room, he wants to know how many dynasty shares of Richard Higgins do you own? Uh, Craig, <laughs> Richard Higgins, is he, is he well-owned in all your dynasty teams, or did you shy away from him? Yeah, I kind of shied away from him. I think he's passed through once or twice, but <laughs> that was a different branch of the family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, all right, we're going to get into plenty more quote-unquote serious fantasy football conversation with you, Craig, as yeah. we go on uh, this evening. But before we get into that, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living right now? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm a CFO for a prosthetics company um, in Mount Sterling, uh, Ohio, which is just out of Columbus. Uh, my wife and I moved here last year, and um, and we really, really like Columbus, uh, really enjoying it. Um, so, you know, got a lot of Browns, Bengals, and Buckeyes last year. I was just, that was the, was the football next capital you know, of the world, baby. Congratulations. Well, it sure, it sure is. That yeah. Um, so, and, and that was my next question for you, uh, Craig, like, you know, given that you just moved right outside Columbus last year, are are you a big Buckeyes guy? Do you follow Ohio State closely? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> I, was, I grew up a Michigan fan, so ah, it's been okay. better. Right? I mean, we, actually, we actually live about three miles from the stadium. That's uh, Desmond Howard, Tyrone Wheatley, People's Jones territory, right? That that's uh, that's yeah. what we're all about. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, just keep holding up that Higgins jersey then. We'll get back to that. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to introduce you to Jason Kahn and the Shocker group and see if they can bring oh, yeah. you around to, to being up. Okay. Okay, I have a question, and it is a very serious fancy football question because I kind of struck gold a little bit when I held my nose and drafted David Montgomery last year. He was available late. And, and he was on the board, and I said, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to take him and help me win a league." What does the return of Cohen and the signing of Damian Williams mean for our David Montgomery? Can he replicate and go beyond what he did last year, or are we going to see some some productivity and fantasy scores uh, decrease? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to lose some targets. I mean, you would think between the two of those new guys, or, you know, Cohen coming back and, and Williams coming on, um, that he's not going to get the, the passing opportunities that he had last year. And, you know, even towards the end of the season, he had a lot of volume. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing uh, that Williams came in. I think it can kind of keep him fresh and, and maybe mm-hmm. get him more efficient with those carries. But, um, you know, uh, overall, I, I, don't, I don't see him duplicating what he did last year, uh, you know, strictly on the fact that he's going to lose the targets and his volume should go down a little bit. Uh, having said that, I, I still think he's a guy, you know, given where he's at, you know, being drafted at now, he's somebody that, you know, I'd love to have in my flex or, or you know, but I could live with him as an RB2, but, you know, as a, as a flex, I think he, he's got value. David Montgomery currently going as running back 22 on average at the 406 in FFPC best ball drafts. If you want to nab him in an FFPC dynasty startup, not going much later. Uh, in fact, running back 23 in a dynasty startup, but up to the 404 on average there is Montgomery. Um, I want to talk about Odell Beckham here now with you, Craig, just for a second, because I, I like two days ago, yesterday, I can't remember, in a best ball in Kentucky, actually, at KFFSC.com, I drafted Odell Beckham as my number three receiver. And, and I'm kind of wondering, is, and you could talk about this from a dynasty perspective, from a best ball perspective, however you want to attack this. But Odell Beckham currently, uh, is, is his value, is be, it, it seems like his ADP has gone down every single year since he's gotten hurt, right? Um, he keeps on going mm-hmm. down right now in FFPC uh, best balls. He's wide receiver 33 at the 805. Is is that um, a price that you would be looking at acquiring him in best ball leagues? Are you have you floated any offers for him in dynasty leagues? How do you view Beckham's twenty twenty one as far as dynasty goes? Is he about to improve his value, or is it going to go the other way? I think he improves his value. Um, you know, I, like I told you, I saw a lot of the the Browns last year. And they, you know, as a team, they pretty much evolved as the as the season went on. I think Baker got a lot better, a lot more efficient. And I know, you know, everybody says, like, you know, once Beckham went down, you know, that's when things kind of opened up. But, um, you know, the way I see it, I think he, he'll plug right back into there. I mean, he's still an alpha receiver. He has, an, you, know, you know, the ability and the talent to, um, to give you a, a wide receiver one, um, you know, season. And, um, you know, getting him at, at wide receiver three prices, I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer to me. Hmm. You know, I've got the $90 million question for you. This is something that I've been <laughs> struggling with ever since the $90 million tight end combo was uh, created there uh, in New England. And uh, I'm in a draft right now 
once again, I, I find myself doing the show when I'm on the clock. The fellows will really appreciate that. But I'm in a draft <laughs> right now coming up uh, in the middle of the eighth round, and the, the tight ends are going away. And, I, you know, the perennial poser, which is Hayden Hurst, he's still there. And, and no one, including me, wants to really get involved with Zach Ertz. So, you know, I don't have $90 million. I've just got one lonesome pick in the middle of the eighth round. Which Patriots tight end would you use it on? Hunter Henry, Jonathan Smith. And can you separate the primary roles uh, from what we saw last year, what you can anticipate uh, this year um, for for both these players? And, and I'll, I'll preface it. Oh, one more comment I had, just looking up some other things. Uh Poor John and Smith, uh, he, he, he's he got a great contract, $50 million over four years. You can't feel too bad for him. But he went from the team that was 30th in pass attempts to the team that was 31st in pass attempts. So uh, he, he's very comfortable with with limited action with the balls in the air. But I, So anyway, what do you think about this, this uh, tight end? Um, bonanza that Belichick has to deal with there in uh, New England. Yeah, well, I mean, how can you bet against Belichick? The guy's got to have a plan. You would think mm. for these two guys. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got these guys all over my my rosters. Uh, both of them, Henry and Smith. Um, and I was really excited about it going into free agency. I thought, you know. They're going to get good opportunities. They're going to take the next step up. And, you know, when John New signed with, with um, the Patriots, I was, I was ecstatic. Um, and then that quickly dissipated the next day when, when Henry uh, signed with the Patriots. Um, having to pick one over the other, though, I, I, I've pretty much leaned towards John New um, only because of, of, you know, he's got a, a little bit more of a commitment. Uh, I think he's a year younger. Um, He's performed well, I thought, in, in Tennessee, you know, with those limited targets. Um, yeah. And I do think he'll get a little bit more here. I think, you know, Belichick has always evolved, right, and, and he'll work with, with what he's got. And he went after these two guys for a reason, and I yeah. think he'll do something with that. And I don't, I don't have any illusion that they're going to get back to Bronk and Aaron Hernandez levels, but, you know, I, I do think they'll, they'll both perform decent. Well, we know we're looking at a lot of 21 personnel. I, I was shocked, really, to find that Hunter Henry approached a, a 40% lining up in the slot with, uh, with San Diego last year, or San Diego, with the Los Angeles Chargers last year. Now, uh, which player do you see in the role of more of a downfield, of a downfield receiver amongst these two? I did, I, I'd still lean towards Johnu. I think, um, okay. you know, just from what he's done in, you know, with, with the Titans. Um, so back back to my eighth round draft pick. So and, and and your answer seems to be as as, as nebulous as mine in my own head. So <laughs> should I just stick with Zach Ertz and Hayden Hurst and say the hell with it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Unless you can get the next one in the ninth round. <laughs> Head <laughs> your bets. I, you know, okay, and we're talking with Craig Higgins, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, a five-time FFPC High Stakes Dynasty League winner here on the HSFF Hour tonight. 
Um, we've been talking that the chat room's hot and heavy about Kyle Pitts potentially going to the Dallas Cowboys. Hudson Reeve is a big Cowboys fan, and he'd love yep. to see him in a Cowboys uniform, just not at the price that the Cowboys would have to give up to trade up to get him in the draft. Um, but, you know, that offense is loaded right now. you got Prescott, you got Gallup, Kamari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Um, but then you look in the backfield, and there's Ezekiel Elliott. And it seems like a lot of people are kind of down on him um, in comparison to where they were on him last year. Ezekiel Elliott was kind of going as the 103, the 104 in drafts last year. He has slipped in FFPC best ball right now. He is going at the tail end of the first round, sometimes falling as late as the 202, at least within the last five days he's gone that late. Um, are you also not excited about his prospects for 2021, Craig? Or, or do you think Elliott represents a, a good buying opportunity for fantasy owners right now? Actually, I do think he's a, he's a good buy at that price. Um, you know, if I'm getting him in the second round, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, you know, concern with Dallas is, is their line and, you know, how, how much can you recover from what it was last year, which is terrible. Um, you know, they had a lot of injuries. You know, those guys keep coming back, some of them. Um, Dak is back, of course. And I think, you know, Pollard didn't do a whole lot with his opportunity uh, when he had it. So, I mean, the, the opportunity, you know, is, is Zeke's. Uh, you know, it's his job, and, and, you know, I think he'll be a workhorse like he's been in the past. So, you know, if you can get that, you know, in the in the second round, I think it's great. I wouldn't reach for him. I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go after him, you know, at, at 105 or, or 107 or anything, anything like that. But I do think, um, you know, I, I, man, if I can get him as my RB2, wow. That'd be great. For so baseball, right? Be you're, you're speaking about Craig. Best yeah. Ball? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Okay. Now, you, you talked about John U. Smith. You were happy to see when he left uh, and, and signed with New England, and Corey Davis left, held the door open for him. Uh, Adam Humphreys left, uh, the, the unceremoniously, less ceremoniously at least than the other two guys. Everybody's leaving Tennessee, except the running back and A.J. Brown. Uh, what? Yeah, A.J. Brown was the better receiver at Ole Miss than Metcalf was. Uh, fantastic player just a thrill to watch on the field. Uh, and, and in looking up those numbers, that's where I saw the Tennessee, which I thought was throwing the ball more this last year, was 30th in, in, in passing attempts. So do you think A.J. Brown could ever become the real top five fantasy wideout? You know, there's certain players – that push into that uh, the, the come and go within those top five or top ten. You could say Robbie Anderson and Deontay Johnson from this last year, but there's guys you know that are going to be there every year. Hill and, and Keenan Allen and, and Balky's man Adams and, and, and now uh-huh. Stephon Diggs will always be there. <laughs> but can A.J. Brown, who, who I know has the talent of those guys, can end this offense – where they let the running back salt away the victories in Tennessee. In this offense, can can he be one of those guys? 
You know, I, I think he can, you know, and especially this year when, you know, he should get a, a larger target share. You know, I think um, Josh Reynolds is, is a you know, decent receiver. Um, I think he can actually surprise some people and they probably will draft a, a, a wide receiver at some point, I think, but mm-hmm. I still think he's going to get, AJ Brown's going to get a, a larger share than, than he's had, um, you know, with the, with the other group that was there. And, um, you know, I, I think he can push into that, you know, that higher echelon, that, that wide receiver five or, or, or even better. I think he's got that talent. I think he, he commands the ball. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a definite possibility that he could uh, get into that range. I don't know if they've been particularly honest with us about how often this player has played hurt too, and and if he could get, well, he, you know, I think that's the other missing, the other missing aspect of this. If he is completely healthy, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he does fall in that top five. Yeah, I mean, he had yeah, he missed three games last year and and had surgery on both knees. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, imagine yeah, I mean, what he, he could do. Might, well, and that and that's a good point too to bring as far as dynasty goes, Craig. You know, knowing the the issues that AJ Brown has not only had on the field with um, with injuries, but you know, in the training room and in the operating room, is he a, is he a smart sell in dynasty right now? Would you be looking to get rid of him given that? maybe his career won't be as long as, as many previous upper echelon wide receivers? Yeah, that's a good question. But I, I think he's early enough in his career um, and, and he's good enough. And, you know, he played through that last year admirably. Um, I think you've got some, some good years left out of AJ, even if uh, you know, the, knees, the knees do deteriorate after a while. I wouldn't be excited at this point. We're talking with Craig Higgins, the uh, five-time FFPC Dynasty champ. Let's, uh, this is an FFPC podcast, so contractually, um, we have to start talking about tight ends here at some point, and I'm going to bring up Evan Engram. He is being selected as a top 10 tight end in the FFPC right now. Um, as far as Dynasty goes, Craig, is, is this a buy for you, Evan Engram, this year? You know, we have another year of experience under Daniel Jones' belt. Um, it, it looks like um, Evan Engram not only is going to be a focal point of that offense, the coaching staff is talking him up as well. What about for Dynasty? Is this a guy that you should be floating some offers out and seeing and grab him in high stakes FFPC Dynasty League? Well, you know, I've done that um, because I know I can get him cheap at this point. Uh, so, you know, acquiring for the right price obviously is, is you know, always a good idea. Um, I think he's got opportunity, but, you know, he's one of those guys like, you know, like um, John Smith or, or Hunter Henry or, you know, a couple other guys you can throw in Logan Thomas, maybe, you know, they've got opportunity, they've got talent. And really it's just a matter of, you know, does, does it start shining through at this, you know, at this point in their career? Um, if I've got Ingram, I've also got one of those other guys, you know, on my team mm-hmm. as well. So I want to hedge my bets when, when I've got Ingram. He's not – I'm not going to look to acquire him to be my tight end one without any other fallbacks. You know, we we talk about tight ends and FFPC format. Yes, you are correct. It is very important, and everyone is exhausted. You know, when you begin to talk about favorite rookies that are coming up across all formats, but the ones you most would love on your dynasty squads, because honestly, you you are the dynasty guy with these five championships. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I look at the. I want to tell you one of one of my favorites, and then I would like to hear some of your guys. But uh, Kyle Pitts is stealing the spotlight and all the information about college tight ends, as he should. He's a terrific, terrific prospect, and we haven't seen a player like this in a long, long time. But there is a second college tight end that I very, very much like, and that's this prior move kid, the one that uh, gets the tag Baby Gronk. And if there wasn't any pits, how much attention would you get from being Baby Gronk? But uh, I'm I, uh, looking over mock drafts earlier today, and uh, uh, Balky's great friend Charlie Casterly uh, has uh, Friar Muth also <laughs> as a first-round tight end. So I am um, – anybody else that you think might be a sleeper that's hiding right there in the light of day, uh, or anyone that you think might get drafted into such a special situation that he's an immediate uh, start in, in fantasy and a guy that you can really, really count on. Yeah, I think that the guy I would look to for that would be um, Trey Sermon. I saw a lot of him last year, uh, you know, watching the Buckeyes, and he ran hard. He ran well. Um, I, I think if he gets into the right situation – I think he can surprise a lot of people, and I think he could actually be a starter in the NFL. Sermon's your guy. What about at uh, wide receiver? Do you have one over there? I like uh, I like Jalen Waddle a lot. Um, you know, mm. love the the Tyreek comps with, with him, and um, you know that, that kind of a player is really exciting. Anybody can touch the ball and you know take it to the house, you know, on, on any given play. Um, I love those guys. Yeah, talking with uh, yeah, talking with Craig Higgins, and like I feel like Craig, Craig, um, the 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 conversation with Trey Sermon has kind of picked up uh, a little bit right yeah. now. Like there's there's a lot of people out there that are that are a believer in him. It may or may not have something to do with a certain rookie scouting portfolio that was released about two weeks ago. <laughs> it may not have anything to do with that. I don't know, but Trey it, Sermon certainly is going to be could. interesting. Yeah, it, it, he's going to be an interesting player <laughs> to monitor once the NFL draft gets here for sure. Um, let's get to a couple of uh, emails here that, that we have for you uh, tonight, Craig. The, the first one, oh, this is the email I was talking about um, at the top of the show with, with Higgins. This is from Bill in McAllen, Texas. He writes, are you buying into the T. Higgins hype, or does Tyler Boyd represent the better value for me in my dynasty leagues? Now, before – and by the way, Bill in McAllen, Texas, thank you for the email. Before you answer this, I want to give you the ADPs right now in FFPC startups for these players. T. Higgins is currently going as the wide receiver 12 at the 402 on average. Tyler Boyd, uh, as far as dynasty startups, wide receiver 37 – at the 802. So if you're looking at Bengals receivers, Craig, is Higgins the guy that's worth paying up for, or are you going to wait around and draft Tyler Boyd for the value later on? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd stick with my shirt and um, and then go with Tyler Boyd on my team. Um, yeah, I, to me, Higgins is just too high. It, it's just too much of a price. I, I mean, I'd rather have Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, you know, those guys that are going after him. Um, and then Boyd at, at you know at thirty seven, thirty six uh, in startups, I, I think is a great value. Part of my I, um, hesitancy with Higgins would be 
the the quarterback situation. I, everyone yeah. assumes that Burrow's going to come back and just be fine, mm-hmm. and I, I I I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I got a buddy yep. at at, uh, at one of my uh, at my office, my day job, uh, Farrell BK Stir Fry is what we call him on on my local radio show, and he says everybody's sleeping on Burrow this year. Everybody mm-hmm. say, oh, Burrow is going to come back. They're, they've they've addressed the offensive line. They're going to continue to address the offensive line. They're going to um, they they've they've got Higgins ready to step up. Tyler Boyd's there. Um, they they have the weapons. You know, Mixon is going to be set free with no Giovanni Bernard. He's going to be a huge oh, weapon. Boy. And you know, you look at Burrow as far as you know. Okay, let's just look at it from a from a best ball standpoint. Right now, Joe Burrow is quarterback eleven at the seven oh four. To me, I'm kind of with you, Farrell. I, I think that's a little bit too high given how serious that knee injury was. Craig, how do you you know you're you're in Bengals country. How do you feel about Joe Burrow right now going as quarterback eleven in the early seventh? Yeah, I again I I'd shy away from him as well. Um you know, there's just too many other good quarterbacks or, or too many good options um to take that kind of risk. Uh, you know, I hope he does yeah. well. I, I hope he comes back. But, um, yeah, I, I'd be hesitant. He's a great you know, story you, that we're all rooting for, but, yeah. He is. But, I mean, like, you look at who you can get after Burrow. Tom Brady is going after Burrow. Ryan Tannehill is going after Joe Burrow. The the rookie Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, um, Kirk Cousins. I mean, I guess we're, we're kind of drawing a line here with Kirk Cousins because of the upside <laughs> with Joe Burrow. But I think I think anybody who is thinking about drafting Joe Burrow – in the seventh round, you'd be wise to, to, you know, before you click on pick or before you click on that draft button, you might be wise to, to reconsider just one more time before you actually do it. One more email here for you, Craig. This is Jim in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, he says, what's up, Craig? I was thinking about picking up a dynasty team this year for the first time. What do you like better about dynasty leagues than you do about the redraft ones you participate in? Jim in Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you so much for the email. So, this is, I mean, I guess the obvious answer here for you, uh, Craig, is you win dynasty leagues. You had a lot of success. That's one thing you like about them. That's always fun. What, yeah. Yes, that is winning is fun. Winning is fun. Money is fun. It's always great. What What do you like, um, maybe about the strategy and the way you attack the dynasty leagues and and everything that's involved in dynasty leagues? What do you like better about that format than redraft? Yeah, the the thing I love about Dynasty is the continuity. You know, the whole year I'm doing something with the team, right? You're mm-hmm. you're you're getting ready for free agency, you're getting ready for the rookie draft, you're doing cut downs, you know. I, I stay involved with it. Um, you know, whereas a redraft it's you know, one and done and, and you know, wait for next year. But um really this this stuff keeps me busy all year. And I don't you know, when I say busy, I mean I love doing it. Um so that's what I like about about Dynasty is really just, uh, you know, the, it fills the year for me. You live with it. It's a companion of yours. You go go forward with it. I hope that I find some modicum of success like you have as I prepare to draft my first Dynasty team ever. And uh, this has uh, uh, been, been great for me to have you, you successful Dynasty players uh, here because I want to talk to you about who you would like to acquire right now this year, either through a rookie draft or through a trade, and who is someone that you are going to be uh, a Mr. Slick Higgins and deal off to someone else 
with ten years in the twelve team league. Well, I, you guys brought it up earlier uh, with the Cardinal running backs. I mean, I like having those kinds of guys on my team, right? I, they're not going to be expensive, you know, in comparison to you know TRPA one thirty twos. They're guys that you can fit into a flex um, spot starters, and and I think they'll both have you know a, a good degree of success. So. Um, either one of those guys uh, I'm, I'm looking to get right now. On the sell side, I, I guess, um, you know, Melvin Gordon's a guy that I'm, I'm kind of soured on. Uh, I think mm. there's a possibility that Denver drafts another running back or, you know, the wheels just start falling off for him. Um, that would be a guy I'd, I'd, I'd be looking to uh, to dump out of. No yeah, Gordon. Really? Yeah, that's smart. I, I mean, that it just makes perfect sense. And and I've always, you know, and and Craig, like, call me out on this if you if you disagree. But for me, I've always, as far as dynasty goes, I've always been on the the belief like I don't mind getting rid of a running back one year too early, but receivers I tend to hang on to maybe one year too late um, because I think you can squeeze some more value out of there than than my fellow owners at least have realized over the course of, you know, my dynasty participation. Is that how you uh, kind of approach it too? Do you, are you willing to get rid of running backs, you know, while they're still performing well and, and maybe hang on to receivers a little bit too long? Or are you trying to get rid of both, you know, a, a year too early while you can still get value on them? I think I'm, I'm in more of the same camp. Um, you know, I, I would be, I'm going to hang on to the, the receivers longer. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what I said with AJ Brown. You know, he's a guy I want to I want to hang on to, um, even with that possibility of of his knees going bad. Uh, but the running backs, yeah, I, I I don't have a problem, you know, missing out on a year uh, to get some, you know, to get full value back. It makes sense to me, Farrell. I, I I'm sure it makes sense to you, and hopefully it makes sense to all of our listeners out there too, because I I think we were treated to some. Good best ball analysis, some good dynasty uh, analysis from our guest tonight, Craig Higgins, the five-time FFPC High Stakes Dynasty League champ. Uh, Craig, listen, thanks so much for, for making a little bit of time for us on, on a Friday night. I know you're, you're knee-deep into dynasty preparation with rookie drafts coming up <laughs> in just a few weeks here with the FFPC. Thanks so much for uh, letting us uh, pick your brain and, and we can glean some uh, – some knowledge from uh, from your championship mind, and and hopefully the drafts yeah. go well for you this year, and, and and hopefully the ball bounces your way this fall and winter. Thanks again, man. We we really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys. I, I really enjoyed it as well, and appreciate you having me on. Craig Higgins, ladies thanks. and gentlemen. Craig, be good. We'll talk to you again <laughs> soon. That is the five-time FFPC High Stakes Dynasty Fantasy Football League winner, Craig Higgins. Good stuff from him, Farrell tonight. Um, good, good. Now, you know, honestly, we, we, you know, we've had a few players from Ohio on this show before, but it's nice to get a non-con, um, viewpoint on some of the Ohio players <laughs> to, uh, to, well, to borrow, well. to borrow, um, um, from my musical side, uh, tonight that we get some more Bengal stuff, some more Ohio state stuff, uh, tonight and, and Craig, a very knowledgeable guy. I mean, it clearly it, it's working out for him and, in high-stakes dynasty leagues, and, and it was good knowledge we got from him tonight about Odell Beckham, how he's approaching Ezekiel Elliott, and I think the A.J. Brown stuff was pretty good as well. 
I do too. And AJ Brown's situation is, I, I feel exactly the same way about this player. And, and yeah, we, we've learned about his surgeries, and but you know, uh, I, I think he's played hurt almost his entire career. So let's hope he can get healthy. I loved, um, I, I love your Ocho Cinco uh, reference here <laughs> to the jersey, and and the dizzle. The, the, that was so classic Dizzle, and uh, Dave came in and asked about Richard Higgins. So, you know, I thought that was I thought that was really great too. Uh, yeah, this but is Farrell, just a, this but, is but, a but player. We we failed to ask him about any kind of Magnum PI uh, references tonight. That was where we we really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he should show up in Hawaii and shirt and just say he'd prefer to be called Higgins. You know, that's Cincinnati exactly Bengals, what he should do. A Cincinnati Bengals Hawaiian shirt, I think, would be perfect. Yeah, and, that would be excellent. That would cover our bases. Yeah, that would be that would be excellent. Now, he, he's a he's a very good player, and now he's now he's living in the, in the, the bedroom of football of, of the entire United States. So he's uh, he's in the right place at the right time for his skill set. I am with you 100% on that. I am also with the listeners 100%. We failed to get to any emails last week. I promised everybody we'd mm. get to them this week, and That's I cool. am not going to empty tease it one more time. So let's get to them. Uh, the first thing tonight is Russ in Reedsville, North Carolina. He writes, now that Robbie Anderson has reunited with Sam Darnold in Carolina, what are the chances he becomes the receiver to own over DJ Moore for the Panthers. Thank you, Russ in Reedsville, North Carolina. I'm going to let everybody know as far as best ball goes with these players. Right now, Robbie Anderson, over the last five days, he has ascended to wide receiver 37, going on average at the 9.06. Now, DJ Moore, a little bit of a different story as far as uh, his ADP goes. Still very high, wide receiver 16 at the 5.02. So, Farrell, knowing that Sam Darnold really had a good connection with Robbie Anderson in New York. Do they continue that in Carolina? Is, is DJ Moore kind of a fade right now? And, and maybe Anderson's the guy to target? Or are you not buying into that so much? How, how, how are you handling these um, Carolina receivers? And Bucky, you're hitting the nail on the head. And Robbie Anderson last year was actually 10th in total targets uh, throughout the NFL. You bring back Christian McCaffrey, put him in this backfield, someone else, for defenses to have to key on, uh, Robbie Anderson's touchdowns uh, are going to uh, increase from that number of three also. I really, really think um, this uh, player is, is in a, a, con- a situation to, to continue his ascent as a complete NFL player. He seems to be to be coming with great confidence after what he had in New York and now with what he's reunited with this coach and now his quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think it's a perfect situation. And Robbie Anderson, last year after we were getting him in the 15th round, we said, well, he won't be a bargain like that again. He's still a bargain at these at these values. And 30, 37th receiver, you said, uh, Robbie yeah. Anderson's a steal at that number. Yeah, I mean, he's going behind Will Fuller, Devontae Smith, Debo Samuel right now. He's going right ahead, LaVisca Chenault, Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel. And then um, on the flip side, as as far as um, uh, DJ Moore goes, he is going right behind Allen Robinson and Mike Evans, right ahead of Chris Godwin and Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons. Moving on here as we pound out some emails. Um, Bill, City of Commerce, California. 
For FFPC best ball leagues, how does the 49ers big trade affect what you're doing with Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel in drafts? Thank you for the email, Bill, in City of Commerce, California. Obviously, we know the Niners traded up uh, to get that number three pick. Are they going to take Mac Jones? Are they going to take Justin Fields? Certainly, the betting markets now favor Justin Fields. We'll see if that remains true until April 29th. But you you look at the 49ers going forward this year, Farrell, it's clear that they have a pass thrower in mind at three. Now, is that making you knock down George Kittle? Is it making you knock down those receivers? Ayuk and Samuel, is it not really affecting it, given that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, (laughs) I don't know if it's much of a step down from a rookie receiver as opposed to catching passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. How has that trade affected the way you're drafting Niners skill position players? Jimmy's a winning NFL football quarterback, and this team is uh, in position to win a division and go far into the playoffs. So as far as the way this team views it, um, no matter what they do in preparing for the future uh, with that third-round draft pick or that third draft pick overall, um, Garoppolo, as the coach says, that's our quarterback for now. Uh, he would have to respond to the competition of a rookie quarterback uh, coming into camp. I believe I believe the quarterback is Mac Jones. I really do. I think you he's do. perfect okay. for what they want to do. And um, that type of passer uh, elevates all the receivers if he were to get on the field. But I, I believe this is Garoppolo's team. And you should, uh, you should expect uh, consistent – if if not explosive play from that quarterback, he's another guy that just has to be healthy to play. But yeah, I, I think the guy is Matt Jones. Uh, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. But boy, that's the mystery of the week, isn't it? it? Well, let me ask you this, Farrell. If you believe Mac Jones goes number three to San Francisco, I'm assuming you believe Lawrence goes to the Jags, Wilson goes to the Jets. Who? What happens mm-hmm. at four? You think the Falcons keep that? And, and draft maybe Kyle Pitts? Do they draft the quarterback? Do they trade that? What What do you – because I've heard a lot of pundits out there say that the draft starts at number four. I think it does, too. And, and with, with Kyle Pitts, it tells us what Atlanta believes. They believe that they still can win uh, with Matt Ryan. If they were to take Pitts, it answers a lot of questions and cures a lot of ills for that offense. Uh, I don't know what Pitt's destination is outside of Canton, Ohio. That's where I think everybody's taking him right before the draft. You know, and uh, Balky and I have exclusive coverage of that induction ceremony before he ever plays a game in the league. But he's fantastic. And if you draft this player, you can't come out with this – in in a coaching staff, let this player get 60 catches and five touchdowns. You know, for fantasy drafters that are looking at Pitt's, uh, anyone that puts him in a situation like that, and those will be his numbers, it's going to be considered misusing and, and failing. This is a great opportunity, but with great opportunity come responsibilities, and you as an offensive coach are going to be responsible to get the ball in this player's hands. Uh, so, Lord, we, we talked about the, the other movie, Draft Day, and the veteran quarterback who was relieved when they took uh, – uh, when the Kevin Costner character took Mac, well, that would be the same thing that Matt Ryan would be. And he would say, what, what a valued situation I have uh, to, to take another shot at it with a player like this. It's fascinating, and I, I kind of wish it would work out that way because I would like to see 
what would happen uh, with, with Pitts in Atlanta. I think that would be great for that organization, be great for the player. Wherever he lands, it's going to be a, a big, big deal. And uh, catching balls from Matt Ryan would, would mean that he would start uh, <laughs> he would start right away with some opportunities to show what he can do. That was the least surprising moment of draft day for me when, when they kept Brian Drew on as quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Brian Drew, of course, as everybody knows, was played by Tom Welling in that movie. Tom Welling, what's he most famous for? He played Superman in Smallville. You're not going to put Superman on the bench. You're going to keep him as your starting quarterback. You take Vontae Mack, number one. We all knew it was going to happen. And, uh, by the way, um, there's, there's been some disputed, I'll grant you that, reports of not only Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates, but also Kellen Winslow and Rob Gronkowski all wearing Kyle Pitts pajamas to bed over the last month or so. So clearly we know who the king of the tight ends is or who will be the future king of the tight ends, as it were, with Kyle Pitts going forward. All right, one final email here before we let you go. Mike in Elgin, Illinois. What's up, Balky and Farrell? Oh, this is perfect. I keep hearing a lot of rumors on Kyle Pitts. Any guesses? at how high he goes in the draft and who selects him. So we just kind of talked about this a little bit, and I do want to bring up what the FFPC is doing um, with the Twitter campaign that they launched here with, with, um, with Kyle Pitts, um, because it's kind of an interesting proposition right now with, with what, you know, what you can get with, with Kyle Pitts. Um, the FFPC on Twitter, at FFPC, uh, tweeted this out. You can um, tell the FFPC who drafts which team drafts Kyle Pitts and if you're right you'll get a free five dollar FFPC best ball entry all you need to do is retweet or quote the tweet that's pinned at the top of the FFPC's account twitter.com slash FFPC all you need to do is retweet or quote that and if you get it right they will DM you your five dollar promo code so make sure you're following FFPC one entry per person the deadline is Thursday at eight o'clock p.m eastern time Farrell Falcons Somewhere else, where, where if you were trying to win that free league with the FFPC, what would you say? Oh, man, I'm going to stay with the Falcons, and then I'm going to say Miami. And, oh, Miami uh, then I'm is going another to say, popular one. Yeah, and, and, and then, then I'm going to say anybody that's lucky enough. If, if those teams pass on him, anybody would be lucky enough to grab him. It's uh, – it, it's it's so many very very good players in a year when uh, we weren't expecting um, this kind of uh, well we weren't expecting depth in the draft and it's, it's shown that there is some depth and there's a, a lot of talent especially in certain positions but there is no one and I believe this is not hype it's nothing but the truth there's no one that uh, can create. Uh, as much excitement as this player. And he's going to challenge coaches' staffs on how they have to use him, and we're going to see if they can be up to the task. Farrell, I've had a lot of great times in my life, a lot of good days in, in my 41 years on this planet. Of course, the day I married my wife, um, both yep. the days uh, when my firstborn came into the world, when my daughter came into this world. But I'm going to tell you this right now, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. If the Jaguars surprise everybody and take Kyle Pitts with the first overall pick in the NFL draft, no question, that evening will be a top 10 day in my life. And I would love to see it. It's probably not going to happen, but I'd still love to see the Jaguars being the Jaguars, drafting Kyle Pitts with the first overall pick in the draft. 
You got to believe. Let's make it happen, Jacksonville. Hashtag Duval. Can't wait for it. Um, what, a, what a show this was tonight. We covered a lot of rookie ground. We're going to do one more final uh, rookie show. Uh, rookie. Uh, well, I should say that. We're going to do two more rookie shows, but um, we're going to get heavily into the NFL draft next week and the week after. Um, and, and Farrell, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Of course, we're, we're going to uh, check out the, um, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Remember, two spots left in that Man of War division for the Run to Daylight Championship. That draft is at 8 o'clock on Sunday night. Um, we certainly uh, will encourage everybody to participate in that. It's yes. going to be a fun event. I will be, I'm already in, signed up for the Run to Daylight Championship. Can't wait to compete against all the listeners there. Thank you so much, my friend. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next Friday, man. Thank you, Bogey. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at Elliott. You follow the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship on Twitter at KFFSC.com. And, of course, uh, check out all the great leagues at the KFFSC. Remember, not just the run to daylight. There's main events posted. The big payback is up there as well. Auction, the I Want Vegas Dynasty League. There's a Dynasty League up there you can sign up for and compete there as well. And, of course, the Draft Masters Leagues, which um, I'm in one right now. And I'll uh, probably pop in another one, I'm sure, shortly. Uh, so make sure you're registering there. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour for April 16th, 2021. I want to thank Craig Higgins, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening to the program this evening. Now, we will be back next Friday. I promise you that. 10-9 Central. Our guest, seven-time football guys and Dynasty League champ, Bob Riefenberg will join us. Uh, going to be fun to pick his brain, not only uh, with best ball stuff, but as far as uh, rookies go and what he's doing with his dynasty leagues, who he's buying, who he's selling, who he's trading away, who he's acquiring. That will all be coming up next Friday. Remember to register for the FFPC best ball leagues today, myffpc.com. The dynasty startups, remember, the last dynasty pre-NFL draft startup goes off on Thursday. The 2021 Football Guys Early Bird is live. All you need to do is sign up for your teams there and make sure you uh, do that before June 30th, draft them before July 15th. You will get a free $35 FFPC credit put into your account. They will do that up to three times for you as well. That's over $100 in savings. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. Um, Remember, you can also save $100 on the FFPC main event today as well, $100 off your first team as long as you're in on the early bird. Uh, and then $400 off each additional team after that. That is the best deal you're going to get on the FFPC main event all season. And as I said before, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Run to Daylight competition is out right now. You want to draft on Sunday night. Only two spots remain in the Man Award Division drafting at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time Sunday night. What are you going to do on Sunday night? Yeah, Walking Dead's on, sure, but you can draft while you watch that. Well, well, if you're the watching guys, not watching that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Your weekend. This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
want to thank uh, Frederick the Younger, too, for uh, providing the outro music for the show tonight. Once again, check out their music at frederickthejounger.com and Quiet Hollers, who provide the intro music at quiethollers.com. Hudson Kern Reed, this is for you. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't care what the dizzle says. It's getting better and better. A lot of great stuff we saw in the episode today. Cannot wait for the season one finale next Friday. And then that Loki show, oh, that Loki show starting up this summer. That looks awesome as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week.